Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This week we are given many of the fathers of the desert to commemorate and therefore to contemplate. On Sunday we have Paul of Thebes and John the hut builder, the hut dweller. We have had St. Anthony the Great. This evening and for tomorrow we are commemorating the Venerable Makarios the Great. And there is the next day St. Euphemius the Great. There is throughout... Do what? Wednesday, today, calendar was Athanasius and Cyril. Uh, then we also have, after Euphemius, as Maximus the Confessor. You get the point. There's a lot of desert fathers. Uh, there is, within the church, uh, a specific devotion and love for the desert fathers. Uh, when we think about the desert today, many of us... Uh, there might be some of us who think of it, obviously, like there's nothing that grows out there. But there is, uh, for us, something about a retreat, and we kind of romanticize uh, very often desert fathers. There are great feats, uh, then going off into the desert, and we kind of romanticize, right? That kind of, to be alone with the alone, to go off. Maybe some of us do. Maybe others are like, no way, I want to stay in the city, uh, in civilization. Uh, but the reality of what the Desert Fathers were doing in retreating into the world, it wasn't that they were just going out to just kind of uh, commune with themselves and nature and then God. They went out into the desert because for them, in their mind, uh, it wasn't, the desert wasn't just kind of empty and maybe without water. But the desert was a place where there was all sorts of stuff. This is where uh, there was robbers. This is where there was, um, this is the edges of civilization, right? There's chaos out there. There's demons out there. And they didn't go out to just kind of take a retreat for self-care. They went out into the desert to actually uh, wage warfare, to actually engage by going inside of themselves and seeing what was there, then they weren't just on their own. They were surrounded by other fathers, and there are desert mothers as well, uh, who would have engaged with the spiritual life uh, and then engaged, of course, deeply, not just within their own souls, but then with each other. There is, in the development of the tradition, there is, you know, kind of have the solitary monk, but then you also have monks who live in community, and there are rules written for monks to live life together. Uh, probably the most famous that you would more readily know is the uh, rule of St. Benedict. That would have been over the Latin-speaking part of the Mediterranean. But there was uh, the rule of St. Procomios, there was the rule of St. Basil the Great. There was all of these ways of the fathers outlining, this is how we're going to live life together. And all of the kind of romanticism, or the, if not romanticism, the great feats, there can be lost how very practical, uh, grounded the Desert Fathers are. I encourage you to look up the sayings of St. Anthony the Great. It is easy to Google. Uh, some of these sayings of St. Anthony the Great 
are a little bit denser than others. And like scripture, they require sometimes a little bit of chewing, a little bit of prayer, maybe even asking for some help to be able to discern it. But there is much to be gleaned from just, if I believe the number is correct, 38 sayings, 36, somewhere in there, sayings of St. Anthony the Great. And one of the great gifts that the Desert Fathers give us, and you can just see it uh, in the 38 sayings of St. Anthony the Great, is the need for discernment. Being able to make judgments, to be able to measure things. I'm trying to use different metaphors for how do, why would I do this rather than this? Or how do I assess this situation? St. Anthony doesn't specifically talk about it, but you can see in trying to interpret and understand these sayings how the sayings work on you. In St. John Cashin, uh, he specifically lauds the gift that God gives of discernment. And he calls this the greatest gift. Because it's not just about what you know. It's not just about how you feel. But it's about being able to discern God's presence, God's providence, God's leading, uh, God's, uh, let's say, teaching you, rebuking you, loving you, which is another way of saying rebuke, love, all of that together to draw you out of yourself and the ways in which we harden ourselves and hide ourselves. There is in the Desert Fathers for all of its seemingly, I'll say, extremes or even the fantastic stories, because there's lots of miracles, there's lots of uh, incredible things in there, it really is at its heart about reality, about what is real, and the ability to discern what is actually real, what is actually true. And this is given, I'll give an example from the sayings of St. Anthony the Great, uh, specifically about the romanticizing of the ascetical life. One of the sayings is, it was revealed to Anthony as he was looking for somebody who was seeking the spiritual life that he was, or who was plumbing the depths as he was, that it was revealed to him that in the city there was a doctor, and there's other versions of this, some of them I think is a cobbler or somebody who works with shoes, right? Who all day as he does his work, he sings the Sanctus, the holy, holy, holy. So if you have this romanticized idea, if I could just get over to that place, maybe the monastery, or this other place, if I went to maybe, you know, the deserts of California, if I went to the beaches of Florida, right? Like, if I, we don't even have to say desert, right? Like, if I could just get to the Rockies, if I could go back in time, then I would be able to seek out salvation. I would be able... But the reality is that God is available as much as that doctor in the city in the midst of his work, because in his heart he's singing, holy, holy, holy. As much as a St. Anthony who's out in, you know, the castle, the deserted castle, wrestling demons. That's literally from the life of St. Anthony. This ability to discern is something that we see in the Desert Fathers. It's given to us in different ways. Discernment is something that God will reveal to us, like we just see in that saying, right? God revealed to him this thing that he needed. I'm sure this is something that he sought for some time. Because God does not just reveal something. Well, God in his own time, sometimes he gives us the grace that we need, especially at the beginning of the spiritual life, 
or at the beginning of starting anew, he gives us particular graces. He makes things sweet. But there's also the need that we see throughout the Desert Fathers. You can see not only those who make pilgrimage to the Desert Fathers, but even the Fathers among themselves. They go and visit each other, and they say, give a word. I need help discerning. I need to understand. There's one instance of going to St. Anthony, and they're trying to understand this passage of Moses. And Anthony's basically like, well, if you prayed about it, have you? They're like, no? Like, well, go pray about it. Like, actually, you need to submit yourself. And he basically says, I don't know. (laughs) That there is a need in the midst of this uh, to get advice, to get guidance. It's not magical guidance, but in submitting yourself in humility and seeking out and trying to help discern, God will reveal things to you. God will guide you. God is not going to abandon you. All of this is rooted, of course, in the real, in the practical, in our work, our bedrooms, our kitchens, our bathrooms, our commutes. It's all active. That is where the spiritual life happens. It's not scrolled away somewhere else. It is where God reveals himself. God directly revealing himself. God revealing himself to you through other people, not just searching for a uh, desert father to teach you, but just to your brothers and sisters or those that are around you. St. Anthony is also echoed later by St. Silvan on the Holy Mountain. You know, your brother, your sister is your life. God is revealed through them. So as we, throughout this month, uh, visit these great luminaries of the desert, don't, you know, either over-romanticize them, to put them that they have nothing to say or nothing to challenge you because they're just, let's just say, too much, right? Or to go to the other extreme uh, and uh, embrace them such without discernment such that we throw ourselves in the pit of despair, or that we think that we can guide ourselves. But this is the gift that God gives of discernment, of showing himself, providing what we need, but it's something that we have to seek. By rooting ourselves in the church, in scripture, uh, in the tradition, such that we know and can see what God gives us in the royal path, as the fathers call it. It's a path of moderation. It's not extreme over here. It's not extreme over here. It's not laxity or rigidness, but it is a tension that is always God calling us forward into deeper relationship with him. And often it stings or it pierces, but it's exactly that compunction that leads us to repentance that is the path of salvation. That is the royal path. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.